Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, speaking out for the blind listeners, I'm Brian McKellen. Before we start today's show, I want to mention that ACB Radio has achieved a big milestone. ACB Radio Interactive and ACB Radio Cafe are now featured in various genres through stream licensing. This is a website containing thousands of radio stations. This means that ACB Radio is exposed to more potential listeners like you. To access Stream Licensing's website and one genre that ACB Radio is featured on, go to streamlicensing.com directory question mark G, the equal sign, number one. A big congratulations to ACB Radio. Now on with the show. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McKellen. According to WLS-TV in Chicago, Tom Persky is the Chicago Lighthouse's Senior Vice President for Rehabilitation. He's also visually impaired. The Chicago Lighthouse says that Tom oversees the Lighthouse's Tools for Living, Consumer Product Store, Assistive Technology Center, and the Veterans Affairs Distribution Program. He's also expanded sales and services through creating a new e-commerce website featuring independent living and technology aids. He'll also tell us about a cool new miniature camera device that's supposed to read text. Tom joins us to explain his journey to achieving this high rank, and he'll also describe how he helps improve the lives of the Chicago Lighthouse's blind clients. Welcome to the show, Tom. Brian, thanks so much. It's uh, great to talk with you today, and I look forward to our time together. Let's learn about the Chicago Lighthouse. What does the Chicago Lighthouse do for the blind? Chicago Lighthouse is a nonprofit, a very large one. We have over 700 employees, if you can imagine. We're celebrating our 110th year. And so we have actually 26 different, we call them programs or businesses, all running under one roof. We are a pretty comprehensive place for visually impaired and blind persons to come to. Sounds like this agency here is similar to the San Francisco Lighthouse in California, where I live. Both lighthouses offer employment, independent living, and assistive technology services. We want to know more about what you do at the Chicago Lighthouse. What are your roles as the Senior Vice President of Rehabilitative Services? I oversee some of these areas of rehabilitation, especially where it comes to low vision services. We are actually the oldest low vision center running in the United States, probably also the largest. We see over 3,000 new patients at our clinic here at our main campus in Chicago. And we also have satellite clinics throughout Chicago and a suburb called Glenview, Illinois. So we're talking about well over 3,000 new patients who are losing vision, mainly due to, of course, macular degeneration being the number one cause. But we have, you know, children and and young adults and and seniors alike who are coming to us for services. We have uh, six optometrists on our staff 
to occupational therapists, but my role is specifically for, in one instance, meeting. I have a team of technology experts that work with me to meet all the patients who come through. So, yes, maybe they need glasses, maybe they need optical devices, but we don't let anybody get away without showing them all the possibilities of using a computer or an iPad or using special devices for people with low vision. And that's really become our expertise. You know, we're talking about, of course, in Chicago, 9 million people. So we draw from a a wide range of city and suburban areas. That's a lot of areas to cover, and that's a lot of people to help, too. Yes, it is. We continue to expand, actually. One of the unique programs that we started by the Lions Clubs of Illinois was, wouldn't it be great to have a place that people could go in the suburban areas we convinced the Lions Clubs that we would like to take our show on the road. So and we actually take over 200 different devices. The Lions Clubs bought us a brand new van. And with me and my team, we go and we provide these, we call them low vision product shows. In-house, we call it a road show. So on a given day, last year we did 35 of our own shows where we go out to the suburban areas and it's open, it's free to the public. And people can come and see all the independent living aids, the technology. They can sit down. They can try things that maybe they've only seen in a catalog before. We actually can uh, help with them to uh, purchase these items. And then we actually go to their home and install and train them. So as I mentioned, we did 35 of our own roadshows. So between our store and our roadshows, we uh, we travel a lot. <laughs> A road show. I love it. That way, you don't have to go to the Chicago Lighthouse and drive miles and take a train for miles to the Windy City. You can just get the rehabilitative services and products in your own backyard. We do see a lot of seniors, people in their 70s and 80s, and we always get people that give us a hug and say, you know, we appreciate you coming to our town. Fantastic. Now we got to get into your background. Your LinkedIn page says that you started losing your vision due to Stargardt muscular dystrophy while you went to college. What is Stargardt muscular dystrophy, and can you tell us a little bit more about your current vision? Sure, sure. Yeah, I was diagnosed with a rare uh, form uh, of juvenile, they call it the juvenile macular degeneration. So it's similar to what happens uh, with age-related macular degeneration, although it's an inherited disease that was recessive in nature, so my brother and my sister did not get it. Stargardt is the most frequently occurring juvenile form of macular uh, dystrophy, they call it, which happens to young people. So we have children 8, 9, 10 years old that get it, and we have other dystrophies that affect the macula, but Stargardt's is the most common one. Although it's rare, only 30,000 to 50,000 people in the whole United States get Stargardt disease. But it it, it uh, slowly took my central vision, first in one eye and then the other, and uh, it was very frightening. I was, uh, as you imagine, pretty angry at the world. And you had to give up driving, playing basketball, and even becoming a commercial artist. But these sacrifices, they didn't keep you from going back to school and earning both your bachelor's in psychology and your master's in family and community counseling from 
Northeastern Illinois University. Oh yes, thank you for thank you for filling in the blanks for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You know, I wanted to say something about ACB because during that time I was like now in my late 20s and going back to college and I was like a duck out uh, out of water in terms of not being able to relate to the young students and with my vision impairment and not knowing other blind people, um I really felt isolated and alone and during the 1980 to 82, I went to three national conferences at ACB and also attended a lot of the Council of Citizens with Low Vision meetings. It was such a help to me to break into and understand my own problems and to meet others who were successful at that time. It was just, a, it, it helped turn my life around, understanding and accepting the fact that I could live as a successful visually impaired person. How did you speak out turn these two degrees, though, as a visually impaired student? Yeah, that's a good question. I remember the help with the help of a CCTV reading machine. My, my vision at that time was about 20 over 200 in both eyes. And so I needed the letters on the screen, you know, two to three inches high. And it was just very slow, one word at a time. And so I had to start as a part-time student and slowly took classes to finally get my BA. My first class as a master's degree student, I remember the professors gave me a list of the 13 different books we were going to read for that first class, and I about fell off my chair. I found out from a blind student that there was books, textbooks on tape, and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. And so I got the tech, the textbooks, and I sat down in my easy chair and as you probably know, uh, the first thing that happened within 10 minutes of turning on the book, I fell asleep. <laughs> and then having to rewind the book after <laughs> being asleep for an hour and start over again, I thought the words would never go into my brain. And so I went through a lot of frustration and, and, uh, and anger and little by little some acceptance enough to finally um, go ahead and finish my degree and um, in helping with uh, family counseling at that time. That's amazing. Now we got to talk about your career path. From 1986 to 1994, you were the director of counseling and special projects for the Spectrios Institute for Visual Rehabilitation. Formerly, this was called the Dyke Center. Correct. How and did you speak out to get this position? Yeah, how I got the position was very unique in that I was working as a family therapist. And I had actually started self-help groups for, in Chicago, the first one for low vision people. One of the, I had interns that worked with me, you know, to get credit for uh, their degree. And one of my interns knew a woman who was a psychiatrist who was on the board of directors of the Dyke Center. And when she was meeting with her one day, she was telling about her supervisor, me, and how I was legally blind. This woman psychiatrist, Dr. Mary, I call her, she about jumped out of her chair. She said, I want to meet this person because <laughs> we're, we're starting a new nonprofit. And he has a background in counseling, but he's also legally blind. How wonderful. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my gosh, no one's ever said that to me. When she met me, she said how wonderful it was. She said, oh, you know what I mean. You're going to understand every person who comes through the door. And even though I had no background in low vision or services like that, it was really great because I had a great chance to sit under 
some pioneers in our field. Dr. Alfred Rosenblum was on the staff at that time, who's in the Hall of Fame for optometry. Dr. Tracy Williams, who trained at the New York Lighthouse. And these guys taught me day after day after day about the optical services, about all the things that go on. And, and I learned for eight years a lot, a lot about low vision. That's amazing. You learned a lot about low vision services and helped the Institute clients receive the low vision counseling evaluation and instruction technology to help them utilize the daily living skills they needed to live happy and healthy lives. You came back to Chicago to work at the Chicago Lighthouse in 2006. You are currently the Senior Vice President of Rehabilitative Services, but with such limited vision, how do you do your job? Coming back to Chicago and my, and my hometown was uh, unique, uh, although my wife, was she kind of liked the West, and so I'm still paying for that, but we've together worked uh, in our a business in, in Tucson. And here, all the things that I've learned that have helped me with the CCTV reading machine, with now the iPhone and many apps, with devices that uh, read out loud, I was able to continue to use a lot of the strategies that I used in my own business also to help develop this Tools for Living store here, uh, our Lions Roadshows, and to increase productivity and sales for the organization. As all nonprofits know, the revenues are important and always looking for new ways to expand. Over the years that I've been here now, over seven years, we've really become kind of an influencer in the field. Also, we've helped develop companies like Humanware, uh, the new e-site eyewear from Canada. We've been instrumental in actually helping develop some of these new products ourselves. So we're not only uh, helping people, but we're helping companies to come up with new and innovative ideas. Speaking of new and innovative ideas, I saw a news story on ABC7 Chicago that you tried out the OrCam device. Tell us about the OrCam device. You know, the OrCam is, is, is really neat because it's new, it's, it's very lightweight, it's easy to move around, and I think that's where everything seems to be going. Our devices are becoming more and more mobile. This tiny little camera uh, attaches to the front part of your glasses and sits along the temple piece of your glasses and has a little speaker that will speak right into the right into your ear there it has a little wire that goes down to a a full quad core processor computer that's about the size of about a half a pack of cigarettes and that little computer can take a picture of anything that's in front of it anything text wise it'll read a newspaper it'll read a sign on the wall it'll read a bulletin board and within a few seconds takes that information and changes it from text to speech and then reads it out loud within just a few seconds. So I could be on the computer screen and reading, say, the San Jose Mercury News, and if I was looking at an article, this special device could take a picture of the article's text and read the whole article to me, correct? That's correct. It'll do it on a computer screen or on an iPad. It'll do it with the actual newspaper. If you have low vision and you can tell where the columns are which like i can see a, there's three columns but i can't read them i can just use my finger point to the first column it'll start reading if it sounds like something i want to skim i can move quickly move my finger to the second column 
or the third column. So it not only reads, but it can actually help me skim through materials. And that device is called the My Reader. It's been developed in Israel. They keep uh, doing upgrades to it also. It sells for $2,500. So you can go to OrCam, O-R-C-A-M.com to see more. They have one called My Eye that also does some facial recognition. And you can train it to recognize products in your pantry, things that, that you would normally pick up to identify. So a totally blind person could use this product also. So it has some just a lot of applications for so many of us who can't read print. You're responsible for expanding the sales and services. In fact, you've been responsible for expanding the sales and services, the Tools for Living store, through creating this new e-commerce website and catalog featuring the independent living aids and technology. How did you complete these tasks and expand the Chicago Lighthouse's services and increase the numbers of blind and visually impaired people and clients together to help improve their lives? Uh, some of my uh, two young tech guys, Luke and Eric, are really good at social media. They developed a YouTube channel. And so if you go to YouTube.com and type in CHI Lighthouse as, as a search term, You'll see what they developed, and they have little video, three, three or four minute videos on all kinds of new technology. Through the amazing internet, through YouTube, I was seeing our statistics grow from all over the United States, and then as well as from Asia and Europe. I said, how do people, being an older guy like me, how do people find these things, you know? <laughs> and the young people would, would just kind of chuckle at me. The YouTube channel was one way that we expanded. We did develop an e-commerce site uh, so that we could put some of these products online. So you can go to lighthousetoolsforliving.com, lighthousetoolsforliving.com, and you'll see uh, the categories of many, many of these products. Uh, we developed a, a toll-free number, 1-800-919-3375. We have two uh, really great uh, women who are in our retail store, one who has Stargards like me, and uh, they're dedicated to helping people over the phone. So if you need a product or you don't even know if a product exists, you can call that 1-800-919-3375 and Bridget and Noreen will, re will research it for you and help you. So we do get calls from all over the, the country now. We're one of the few um, centers that actually also helps with a VA program, as you mentioned. We serve all 183 VA hospitals and centers with independent living aids and technology, and we compete against every one of our competitors this is a for-profit organization. We're the only nonprofit, but we have that mission. In fact, this last, last year, we've hired 70 veterans as part of our new call centers. We believe in the mission, and we believe in Competing with the big guys, even though we're a non-for-profit agency, but we, we think we really understand people and we understand what they're going through and we believe we offer a lot of quality services that way. What are some of the other services that you offer? I understand you offer a radio reading service, additional employment services. Briefly talk about those, just briefly. Yeah, yeah, we have a, a actual a deaf-blind, a really strong deaf-blind program here. We have uh, actually an industries program. We have the largest wall clock manufacturing center in the United States. So when you come through on a tour, 
you can see our factory. We've been making wall clocks since 1977 for first the federal government, the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines by clocks. But now we're in the commercial marketplace. We actually do our own radio show in Chicago, and it's also podcasted. I have a 10-minute segment called Tom's Corner. So I'm on the radio every every Saturday in Chicago talking about living with low vision. So uh, these are just some of the programs. We have a Chicago public school right inside our building. So as I mentioned, these 26 different programs are reaching out to help uh, so many and to people of different ages and employment opportunities as well. That's great, Tom. We're going to put some of the links and your contact information to all of these things on the speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com website, if that's okay with you, so our listeners can check them out. That'd be terrific. How might our listeners contact you if they need help and learn more about the Chicago Lighthouse, the e-commerce site, and become clients? So the e-commerce site, again, is lighthousetoolsforliving.com. And uh, you'll go, that'll go directly to our e-commerce page, and you'll be able to see uh, products and categories of uh, all the devices that we sell. We, we do a lot of uh, business and uh, lower-cost items as well as medium and high-priced items, of course. Uh, directly on the phone, the one 800 919 3375. Uh, my direct email address, if you'd like to email me, is tom.persky. So it's T-O-M dot P-E-R-S-K-I at Chicago Lighthouse, all one word, dot O-R-G. So tom.persky at chicagolighthouse.org. And I do talk to people from all over the U.S. and Canada almost every day. And uh, if there's particular questions you have or you you have a particular eye condition you want to know more about. Uh, if you have someone in your family with Stargardt disease, we're kind of experts here. I currently work with Dr. Fishman now at the Chicago Lighthouse where he runs the Pangier Center for Inherited Retina Diseases. So ironically, all that work we did 20 years ago, we're now in the same building uh, helping persons and families. So feel free to email me. Tom, you give blind people the essential worthwhile tools to succeed in life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Brian, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. And before we go, I welcome your comments on this program, listeners. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You may also check out my website. That's speaking out for the blind.weebly.com. More information about today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. That new email address is speakout at acbradio.org. The show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash for dash the dash blind. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, 
please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Hello, ACB. This is Sarah Conrad. You might remember my Hershey Hugs campaign from four years ago when I challenged you to embrace the future and vote for me. You did! So this year, I challenge you to vote smart in Minneapolis. I'll be passing out Smarties to remind you, because the word smart represents the values that I bring to ACB. S stands for strength, because I've grown so much in my confidence in the last four years that I will continue to strengthen our organization. M stands for multicultural, as I have unique qualities of young, age, and partial vision, but I also celebrate the diversity of everyone in ACB. A stands for analytical, as I have developed strong reasoning skills that help the decision-making process of our board. R stands for relational, because I love each and every one of you very much. T stands for tenacity, as I have the motivation to work diligently and tirelessly for ACB. For more information about my campaign, go to sjconrad.weebly.com. Thanks for your support. Remember, vote smart, vote Sarah. My name is Tiffany Jolliffe, and I am asking for your vote. You probably best know me as president of ACB Students. This year, we were able to obtain 501c3 status. Throughout ACB Students' long history, we have never once held that distinction. I received a master's degree in organization development knowledge management from George Mason University. As a board member, I would work with the national office as well as the affiliates to ensure that ACB is running as efficiently as possible. I want to answer the burning question of how to both recruit and and retain youth. I want mentoring programs, starting at the board level and then possibly moving into the affiliates. I want to be a part of the movement within ACB to train up its future leaders. In order to follow my campaign, follow me on Twitter at Tiffany Jolliffe. Follow my blog at www.tiffanyjolliffe.wordpress.com. Listen for me on candidate forums and look for me at your caucuses. I am asking for your vote. Thank you. Hello, ACB friends and family. My name is Dan Spoon, and I'm running for re-election to the Board of Directors. I live with my lovely wife, Leslie, in Orlando, Florida. I've had an opportunity to be on the board over the last four years and hope that I've earned your support and trust during that time. We've worked hard to improve the financials of ACB. I've been chair of the Goal 2 Committee, the RDC Committee, a participant on the Budget and Finance Committee, and ACBES. All these programs are doing well. We've cut our deficit from $400,000 a year to $100,000 a year. Not where we want to be, but we've improved. I'm very excited about the accomplishments we've had in our audio description project. We now have hard-working subcommittees that are working on television to movies to streaming services, all to provide better audio description to our blind and visually impaired community. I want to thank you for the opportunity to serve you over the last four years and look forward to your support. 